This morning is going to be a fun one. Yes. Practicing prophecy in community. Yeah, it's fun. I promise this is way less intimidating than it might sound if it's new to you. It's really just as beloved kids of a good heavenly father, he likes to talk to us. And he likes to talk to us to share good news with others that we love. It's really, that's it. So amen, you're welcome, let's go get lunch. All right, <laughs> we have a, an upvote in the front row. Yeah, this is good, this is good. This is fun. I want to start with that word. It's not in your lift notes. You're extra large. I got the, you know, $1.99 download this week. I mean, this is two full pages, so woo-wee. Um, it's not in here, but Don was working yesterday in, in the word or working this week in the Word and, and shared some of it yesterday with the ladies. Psalm 37.4, delight yourself in the Lord. And as we were kind of going back and forth talking about that this week, studying it, delight. It's, it's a crazy cool word. It literally means have fun with. Is that in your theology about your relationship with God? Have fun with the Lord. That goes back, and it fits so beautifully and perfectly with Jesus saying, unless you become like these little children, you're not getting into my kingdom. What healthy children do not have fun with everything important to them? I'm not saying there isn't times to be serious. There is, but I love C.S. Lewis's quote that joy, childlike joy, is the serious business of heaven. So let's get started now. So when I say this is fun, I mean it. I mean that there, if you're posturing your heart, approaching a prophecy, come on, man, none of us are that cool that it should feel like that. Approach as beloved children. Have fun with it. God wants to talk to you. And he wants to talk to you good news about other people so that you can encourage them. It's really not that complicated or that, ooh, I'm a prophet. Hmm. Just be a child. Let's start there. So this is not, by the way, and I'm not meaning to denigrate. There is, I believe, we believe, Office of prophets and roles of prophets and those bless the body of Christ and those are typically kind of in, in geographical spheres and areas over churches and that's great if God's called, God called you to that. We can talk more about that another time. That's not what this is about. This is getting real specific on the Bible's very clear teaching about practicing prophecy within a local community. So that's what we're talking about. So let's get into it. What is prophecy? Prophetuel simply means to speak an inspired revelation. In other words, prophecy is, this is back to that childlike, it's quite simply to hear the Father's heart. 
and share it with someone. It's often about how God sees someone, like their identity, their destiny, their gifts, something God's presently doing in them, or something that God's will, God wills to do in the future. Blessings come in their way. So who is this for? Who is prophecy for? And this is where it gets fun. Because you're all invited, and you're not excluded, and you're not really even allowed to exclude yourself. Unless you just want to be disobedient and not have fun. Unless you want to be disobedient and not have fun. That's a nice combo. <laughs> Here we go. 1 Corinthians 14.1. This is Paul in the midst of talking about the oh-so-important spiritual gifts that we all love. And the 1 Corinthians 13, right smack in the middle of it, is make sure it's all done in love or you're just a resounding gong. Which just means a really annoying sound (laughs) that is worthless. So, how do we not be worthless? Well, pursue love. In the midst of our gifts, that's the idea. And here we go. And earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For those who are new, this is in the imperative tense in the Greek. So even if this makes you uncomfortable... Just put it on your list of good news, even the stuff that's a little bit scary that God has next for you in your life. It's his will. It's a blessing. It's a promise. It's part of transforming to be like Christ. You are not excluded from the command to earnestly pursue spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. This is also a very exciting thing because God speaks to us in his word. In prophecy, as well as in his scripture, but specifically when his Holy Spirit is illuminating words, illuminating truths, speaking to our hearts to give us exactly what we need to hear. And that, that involves his word and it also involves just specific words of prophecy. There is an encounter with God that happens. And so this is so beyond just the, the verbiage of, earnestly desire to prophecy. You know, we can kind of think of it as just a thing. This is making God, this is opening ourselves up to be a vessel to experience and pour pour out a tangible, active, personal, powerful encounter of God where God is going to be touching someone's life through you. And you want to know what's actually really amazing that I've taught my kids from the beginning since I've been teaching them to hear God? It's not a job or a duty. Like, oh, I'm just going to listen to God. Okay, I'll get a word. Okay, here you go. One of my favorite verses is Matthew 7, 21. Is that it? Where, you know, it's basically 
those of you who say to me, Lord, Lord, you know, we, I'm botching it up because I'm not getting, but basically they did many mighty works in his name. And he said, you know, basically you don't know me and I never knew you. And the important thing is when we're doing things in his name, they were doing signs and wonders. If we're doing prophecy, we need to be pursuing knowing him in it. And I always taught my kids, it's, you can get, church can become a place where you just do these duties, these churchy, holy duties. They're kind of separated from this place of encounter with God when it's all supposed to be a place of encounter and knowing him. And so I actually want to encourage us that every time we receive a word from God, a vision from God, a, anything prophetic from God for somebody, we are not excluded from an encounter with his presence. In fact, it's coming into us first. Whether it's about us or not, we are feeling and encountering the heart of God, the love of God, and we're not exempt. We're gonna be filled with it. We're gonna hear and feel and encounter his his heart. It is a living and active experience that is for us as well as he pours into us and we, in obedience, step out and take the risk to share. It's just this experience of God's heart that we get to look forward to. And so I feel like so much of prophecy is a revelation. It's our responsibility as we are obedient children to step into the place to be his ambassadors to bring the living, active, powerful revelation of what God wants to bring his darling sons and daughters who are struggling, who need encouragement. And even if you're all encouraged up, he has more. And to me, that perfectly answers why is prophecy fun? That, (laughs) because you get to encounter God like some of the most fun times with God that I can think of are exactly what she's talking about. I can remember back to when we first started the youth group and we would do a little fire tunnel, so to speak, or here at church, and those on the prayer team are practicing listening on behalf of, you know, those walking through saying, God, it's ultimately, it's simply an encounter. It's God, let me taste your heart for them right now. How do you feel? What are you saying? What's your good news? And that is unbelievably fun. It fills you up. It's joyful. It makes me giggle afterwards like a little kid of like, wow, what just happened? Like, I just had distinct feelings about, not just emotions, meaning like senses of what God feels for 20 different people. And that's what's part of it. It's like, what the heck? Like, all these people are going through the line, and I'm getting a different sense for every single one of them about what God is saying, about what God is doing, God's heart for them, God's identity for them. And I step back afterwards, and it's like, wow, that was fun. Like, I'm not that creative. Like to where, like, you know what? I'm just gonna think of something different to say to everybody. Like I would get stuck after the third. You know, it's like, but it's fun. 
when you encounter the heart of God and get to pass it on. It's one of those moments where it's like, wow, I, I can clearly feel that's not me on my strength. I'm getting to experience the Holy Spirit, the supernatural power of God. And it's fun. <laughs> so, one more uh, verse on who is this for. Paul goes on in 1 Corinthians 14, 31 to say, you can all prophesy. And just to step out of Paul and go into the writings of Luke in the book of Acts, when the Holy Spirit fell at Pentecost and Joel 2 was fulfilled, this is how it's described, Acts 2, 17 and 18. Listen to who prophecy is for and how central prophecy is when the Holy Spirit falls and fills up his people. In the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. It's the first description of what it means when the Holy Spirit is poured out. Your young men shall see visions, your old men dream dreams. Even on my male servants and my female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. It's almost like prophecy is the bookend, the beginning and the end. Like that word encompasses the entirety of the Holy Spirit falling and pouring out on all flesh. And if you start to think about spiritual gifts, it's like, well, if you are operating in a spiritual gift properly, appropriately, is that not prophetic? Is it not the Holy Spirit with you right now, God showing you what he's doing and wanting to do through you? I mean, if you're operating in a gift of the Spirit and it's not the Holy Spirit, I, I'm, I'm connected right now with what I sense and believe God is doing and wanting to do, well, then who's your source of instruction? So in some ways, all spiritual gifts are prophetic in nature. They are getting, tapping into, so to speak, hearing, listening, the heart of God and what he's doing right now and wanting to pass on to the world around us. And hearing God day by day is a very basic part of what it looks like for us as believers to live my sheep hear my voice. Amen. So this isn't some scary, different thing than us hearing the Holy Spirit throughout the day. And if it is a scary thing and we're not hearing the Holy Spirit throughout the day, then we actually, we can come humbly to somebody, there's tons of people here that do hear, and we'd be happy to pray with you for that to be in a daily and ongoing and continual experience of pressing in and hearing the heart of God for you. And then prophecy just becomes an overflowing stream out of walking in that place of hearing God's voice every day. Intimacy of intimacy. All right. So who's prophecy for? If you missed the fill in the blank, <laughs> every believer. All right, moving on. So what is New Testament, New Covenant prophecy within community? Prophecy in local church community. What is the purpose? To build up 
to lift up and to comfort. 1 Corinthians 14.3 gives us the specific purpose. Now, this is right after, if you didn't notice, 1 Corinthians 14.1, which says, earnestly pursue the spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. Then it goes on. Here's the purpose of it. Why, in a sense, he's answering, why should we especially pursue prophecy? Why is prophecy, like according to Acts 2, 17 and 18, kind of like the all-encompassing summary description of the Holy Spirit pouring out? Why? Another way to say it is, in a sense, what are spiritual gifts for? Here is the answer. 1 Corinthians 14, 3. The one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. Three things. They're all positive. What it didn't say is to expose your brother's horrible sins in front of everyone. <laughs> Prophecy's purpose, three words. Oikodome, building up. It's, that's a cool word. Oiko is house, dome is build. Literally means build the house. Your job is to build their house. Build them up. The sense is assisting in the construction of bringing something closer to completion. Part of your holy job as a brother and sister in Christ is to assist the Lord in building your brother and sister up furthering, getting closer to the completion of becoming like Christ. Now, you step back now, think about Ephesians 4, which describes the purpose of spiritual gifts, to build one another up in love, to become more like Christ. All spiritual gifts are aligned with the purpose of prophecy, to build each other's house to build each other up, to become closer to completion of God's destiny for us, to become like Christ. The second word is paraklesis. Not ironically, it's the exact same word that Jesus uses in John 14 through 16 for the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, the encourager and comforter, he literally uses the same word to describe your purpose and function in prophecy to describe God, the Holy Spirit. So you better be encouraging. <laughs> it's an amazing word. Encouraging, the act of earnestly supporting and encouraging to lift up, lift them up, lift them up. The Holy Spirit doesn't beat down. He lifts up. Last word is paramethia, which means comfort in specifically kind of the consoling type. When there's an act of grieving, it's relief in that affliction. It's a consolation. And so if someone's going through a hard time, prophetic words can bring the comfort and consolation of God because of his goodness, his good news, his promises, etc. So to put it simply, 
And we kind of say some, you know, do's and don'ts in a sense as part of the, the culture of prophecy that we want to continue to build. Do prophesy in a way that builds up, lifts up, and comforts. That's our grid here. If it doesn't fit that, don't do it here. If we hear it, we'll gently let you know. Don't do that here. Well, why not? Because the Bible gave us the three specific reasons for the purpose of prophecy in community in the New Testament. We're not going to get into, there are big differences, New Testament, Old Testament. The biggest one, hey, we're going to try to protect you here. In the Old Testament, you want to go Old Testament covenant? All right. If you're wrong, we kill you. We want to live in the New Testament where when you're wrong and you're going to be, because everyone is, I'm wrong more than I'm right. No. Then it's, then it's the, hey, you know what? That's okay. We're all works in progress. There's grace here to fail and stumble and not be perfect and learn and grow. We're all kids in God's classroom. That's my, one of my wife's fra- fav- favorite phrases. I love it. That's the mindset. We got to have freedom to be able to try. If, yeah, if there's not that freedom to take risk, we're not going to do it, right? We're going to get into that in a moment. But so that's do. The do's here. The don't is don't share negatively in tone or content. It's not to tear down, condemn, or judge, especially publicly. All right. If you've been around church for a while, you may have been around other streams where you may have experienced prophecy in a way that could come across condemning, judgmental, And like he said, Jesus and the New Testament, Jesus is the fullness. He is the fullness of God. What was before him was in part. And after him, everything changes. And prophecy changed. There's a lot that changed after the cross. Prophecy is one of those things. And if Jesus didn't come to condemn the world, but to save the world, and that word save, it's sozo, correct? Saved, healed, delivered. If he didn't come to condemn, then we better not partner with the devil and bring condemnation, judgment, and humiliation, and an idea that we're better than, or a sense that we're better than. I don't think anyone in this room would ever do that. I'm just, I more just feel this, God wants to comfort our hearts that if we've experienced something bad at another church where we felt condemnation, we felt humiliation, we felt like maybe they were coming in a way where they were saying, I see and you don't, I'm better than you, you see in part, let me help you, you kind of don't have this right. If that's what we experienced, that's not God's way. And he doesn't want us to be scared of prophecy because of how of man's sinfulness and disobedience and their issues because that's not God. 
That's not Jesus, and that's not what he has for us. He has good things where exactly what this verse says, where he wants to build us up, he wants to lift us up, and he wants to encourage us. And so that being said, there's also the lens when we're sharing that is, I believe, the discernment of God. So sometimes I'll give, you know, kind of a an ordinary example, sometimes you might be sensing in your spirit, random example, maybe someone isn't spending time with God and it feels like they're maybe empty, right? So that's not what I'm going to say to that person. God, what do you want to release over them? Oh, what's happening? God, what is the good news? What is the encouragement that you want to give? It's not, yeah, so I'm feeling you're like really dry and you just don't spend time with God. And um, yeah, you kind of like you come to church and you say you love God and all, but I feel like you're really not making him a priority. Is that right? (laughs) Right? We want to treat people how we want to be treated in the first place. And we could be dead wrong, right? Like we could be dead wrong. But even if that is correct, I'm going to ask God, what do you want to release over them? And first of all, in whatever we're sensing that maybe somebody needs more of God If we are true, mature believers, then we're going to be aware that we have just as many issues and we are in no place to condemn or judge. (laughs) The longer Paul walked with God, the more he realized he needed. And that's how we should all be. So it's never from a place of, I am better than you and I see more than you and I'm just at a better place. It's at a place of, I want to grab your hand and I want to be a part of God breathing his breath and his life into you just like I want somebody to do to me, right? So, yeah. Lifting up, building up, giving life and encouraging. So what that would look like, instead of saying all the negative things, it's, I'm listening to God, and I specifically remember a situation, and I, you know, that was the sense, oh, there's definitely a dryness here. That's not what's coming out of my mouth. And then I see these pictures that God's giving me of, you know what, I just see you, you know, when you spend time with God and you are opening your Bible, I'm just seeing God just filling you. As you, as, you, as you take the time that you do normally, I'll even throw that in as a declaration, even if I know it's not true. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, it's not a lie. So, I mean, sometimes, sometimes there are honest conversations that you can have with people. But, I, but basically what I said was, I see, this, I see a picture of you just at God's feet, opening up your word, and the word is, the Holy Spirit is illuminating to your heart as you're taking that time daily, and he's filling you with the life that you need. He's filling with you, you with the refreshment that you need. He's strengthening you in your inner man. And what you're releasing is life, and it's strength, and it's also honoring. It's not discouraging. It's not taking a place of judgment of, I see better than you. It's, it's, liter- it's lifting them up to become who God created them to be. And, and, and it's so important for our hearts to be postured in a way that is for them and that is aware of our weakness and, and, and humble in knowing that we struggle just as much as they do if we're really honest with ourselves. And if we're coming in a place of judgment, then we should just shut up and go get with the Lord and get some humility. <laughs> 
And I know that's nobody in this room, but that should be comforting that this is a place where we can experience the encouragement and the lifting up of God. And we don't have to be scared of humiliation and being exposed. Amen. That's good. All right, moving on here. How does the Lord speak to us? Creatively is the fill in the blank. Visions, pictures, words, Bible verses, dreams. And we already read Acts 2, 17 to 18. It's prophecy, it's visions, it's dreams, or prophecy, visions, dreams, words, images. I mean, you look all throughout the Bible and these prophetic encounters, and here's what's so fun. God is abundantly creative. And that's what's that's part of just this. Don't put God in a box. Like, do allow the Lord to be creative. He is the creative creator of all. So allow the Lord to be creative. Expect that he can speak to you through lots of different ways. Now, the guardrails on this is that a prophetic word from the Lord will never contradict the written word of God. It will never contradict the Bible. But God can be abundantly creative in his ways that he speaks his truth that confirms the word of the Lord. I mean, if you go just do a Bible study on prophecy in the Old Testament, prophetic dreams, prophetic visions, you get into what might now be you know, characterized as like, wow, what were those guys taking? Like, they're into wild hallucinations of vivid colors and wacky pictures. Well, I'm saying that's what they sound like. They're not. They're God speaking. God employing your imagination. God employing his creativity. God speaking in a way that gets your attention, that gets the message across. One very quick example is it was a few years ago when Don got a prophetic word about one of our kids and their future and a powerful person that God was making them into. And it was, there was a sense of this. She had a picture of a tomahawk and it was a warrior. God was giving this tomahawk in the spirit, so to speak, to one of our sons as a warrior. And I'll be honest, I didn't steward that word well. I kind of like blew it off. The next morning, I woke up, and on the ceiling in my bedroom was a tomahawk (laughs) illuminated by the light coming through the curtains. It was unbelievably wild. It had never happened before or since. Now, since then, I, like, try to create, like, with the little (laughs) pinholes in the curtains and the sunlight. I try to do cool, like, shapes and pictures. It's all kind of trash. There was a clear tomahawk. And it was like, thank you, Lord. I'll listen to my wife. I will join her in declaring that is a prophetic destiny over one of our boys. I believe that was God in his creativity getting my attention that lined up with her word and her word lined up with God's word. So, be open to the creativity of the Lord, and you will be delightfully surprised. You might chuckle like a little child. How fun it is that God can speak and wants to speak and does speak. 
And also just to risk, because when I heard that word, it's like, well, that's not in the Bible. That's weird. Well, not everything's in the Bible because our lives, our entire lives aren't written in the Bible. So there are going to be specific things to specific situations that God is going to speak in to us for one another. And we don't need to be afraid. We can take risks. When God said it was specifically a tomahawk anointing for one of my kids, and I'm like, what is that? And I'm just, you know, and I feel like I'm sensing from the Lord what that is. And, you know, I'm, it was actually Paxson. I'm like, I'm releasing this over you. I feel like God is saying this. And it sounds bizarre. But you know what is really cool is we don't have to be afraid. Because there might be a fear of, oh, what if that is not God? Well, that's okay. Because we have the freedom to test it, which we're going to get into next. But we, we can be fearless in that the community of believers and the Holy Spirit is a safety net. So we don't have to be afraid of going off the rails. It's like, you know, when you go bowling, you have those little bumper things that you pull down for the kids so they can just have fun. Well, we get that. And it's the Holy Spirit in community where we can test and have fun. And in that testing, we taste and see that he's good. And you know what? So what if we get it wrong? The important thing is that we, we took the risk to experience hearing more of God and encountering more of him and delivering his goodness to one another and encouraging one another in community. That's where we want to focus. Not if we got it wrong or if we got it right. And in some ways, if you are... <laughs> Speaking those prophetic words or words of prophecy according to how the New Testament calls us to lift up, build up, comfort. What's the worst thing that can happen is that you find out you were wrong and you spoke a word to a friend, brother or sister, that was encouraging, <laughs> kind, lifted them up, built them up, and comforted them. And maybe it wasn't God himself, it was just you being kind and encouraging. That's not that big of a loss, right? All right, let's move on here. How should we share a prophetic word? Don's getting into this. Humbly, humbly, humbly. 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 to 21. Don't quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. So in a sense, we've already covered those things. Those are our earlier points. Don't quench the spirit by despising prophecy. If you despise prophecies, you're quenching the Holy Spirit. <laughs> That's not a place you want to be since the Holy Spirit is like our life force. I mean, the source of life as a believer. We want to live in the Holy Spirit, in his power and presence. So here goes on to the new part. But test everything. Here we go. Test everything and hold fast to what is good. So there is not a single prophetic word that is ever given anywhere in New Testament community that is automatic, that doesn't need to be tested. So if you're the giver, knowing that every single word needs to be tested and only what is good will be held fast to, if you're the giver of that, what does that mean? That means be humble when you share. And so an example, the do in our culture, so to speak, is share humbly such as something like this. I feel like the Lord is saying, or 
I have a sense that the Lord might be saying, if you don't say it like that, are you leaving room for it to be tested? So don't share as if you are infallible, 100% right all the time, such as God says, or thus says the Lord. We don't like that here, because that doesn't portray a humble attitude that knows that any word I share is going to be tested. Because the assumption in New Testament is you're not going to be right all the time. So don't talk like it. Just humble. And that's where it's like, dude, so much freedom. It gets fun because the culture is expect you test everything and you hold fast to what is good. The assumption that is, this, this is the great news with the new covenant. You're going to be wrong and we don't have to kill you. Yeah, the pressure's off. Yeah. The pressure's off. It just gets tested. We hold fast to what's good. Yeah. And so there's this humility of, I sense the Lord might be saying, or I feel like test it out. And that really moves into the second of who discerns if a prophetic word is accurate. And this is huge. Who has the authority to decide to test if a prophetic word is accurate? This is a game changer. The receiver, not the giver. Test everything. Hold fast to what is good. So that's a word to the community, that when a prophetic word is given, the community gets to test it, not the giver. So the giver, this is why it's helpful if you're humble. <laughs> I sense the Lord saying, I feel like God might be doing this. The community gets to test you. You don't get to say, God said. The community tests and hold fast to what is good. And so this puts really ultimately, the ultimate test is on the receiver. They have the authority to receive. Is this from the Lord? Does this resonate with me? Can I say, yes, this is the heart of the Father, and I'm partnering with that. So we allow, when we're giving a word, we allow, we, we come humbly sharing, knowing that that's, just, that's, a, that's it. If you don't have an agenda, you shouldn't be bothered by this. If you're truly just being a vessel, you shouldn't be bothered by this. Uh, it's just, you know what? I feel like God has some good news for you. I'm going to share it. I feel like he's saying this. I'm sensing this. And then, you know what? My job's done. That's up to you. Discern that with the Lord. Does that resonate? Is that blessing you? Is that encouraging you, lifting you up, comforting you? Amen. If it is, let's pray it together. If it's not, no problem. I'm learning. I'm just a kid in the classroom. What we don't do is ever force a word on someone. Never. Never. Don't do that. Not here. You don't force a word. God says, boom. Don't do that here. Nobody does that here. Nobody does it here. <laughs> but don't do it here. <laughs> Completely outside the radar of the culture that we believe the Holy Spirit inspired the New Testament writers to create and all of this just puts it in such a place where it becomes Don's word it's you can take the risks because we're free to fail we're humble with one another we're 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 testing we're holding fast to what is good we know that nobody's gonna perfectly get it right every time and there's just this culture of grace 
exploration, childlike freedom. Then it becomes really fun. It becomes something that is like I would never want to live without. And I know part of this, like I, I might be sounding a little stern in some areas to kind of set the guardrails in the culture. But when you live like this, it is unbelievably fun and freeing and life-giving. I, I, I could not imagine life without prophetic words from God. There's so much comfort, encouragement, edification. We live on them. I just want to add on to his comment that he just said that we're free to fail. I would actually redefine failure that failure is not risking. Failure is not stepping out in the freedom to prophesy. And <laughs> spirit sparkles. I don't know what he's doing over there. My little cheerleader. Um, <laughs> big cheerleader, big strong cheerleader. Okay, yeah. Well, I was offended by little. Yeah, definitely not little. Um, the other thing is, I felt like God wanting to say something about excluding yourself. Sometimes we kind of say self-limiting things. Oh, I'm just this. Oh, I'm just this. I don't hear God like this. I'm called to only this. If he calls everyone in the scriptures to something, then we're actually going to be walking in disobedience and quenching the spirit if we decide that that's not for us. And on the positive end, he has so much goodness to pour out upon us when we take the steps to risk and to grab his hand and step out on the water and go walk where we haven't walked with him before. All right, we're coming to the end of the line. Let me give a, an encouragement to parents, grandparents, spiritual parents. I should probably wrap up with this, but I just want to say it right now. <laughs> Prophetically speaking into the lives of your kids, grandkids, spiritual kids is, in, my, in our opinion, and I think it's the, the scripture based on this whole idea of, well, what's the purpose of spiritual gifts? To build up the body of Christ. So I truly believe that operating prophetically, speaking these words of life, these prophetic words of, your, of life, of God's heart over and for your kids is one of the absolute greatest weapons God has put in your hands to bring life to your kids. And so if for, if, if for no other reason, let that parental passion that good heart of the Father well up in you to say, my kids need this. My grandkids need this. The spiritual kids that I'm around need this. Or my spiritual kids need this. I've seen it over and over with my own boys, with the kids that we work with in the youth, that there is something, almost like a prophetic word from God, like cuts through everything. When you listen to God's heart for a kid and you speak it to them, you speak some of their identity in God's eyes, you speak some of their destiny from God, you speak an encouragement about a gift they have, it puts wind in their sails. It lights them up. Even if they're kind of like, man, no thanks, not right now, they're lying to you. They love it. They get lit up. They get brought to life. I mean, you think about it. <laughs> when someone comes to you with genuine encouragement, 
about, hey, these are some awesome things about your character. These are some powerful things about your giftedness. These are some great things about your destiny. Who doesn't love that? And that's essentially what prophecy is. Lift up, build up, comfort. And so I encourage you for no other reason than than to be a great parent or grandparent or spiritual parent to pursue this. And it is one of the most fun things to like. And in a sense, I believe if you're a good parent and you have a pulse, the spiritual pulse on your kids, that is prophecy. A healthy spiritual pulse of this is where they're at right now spiritually, and then it's you're, you're right there. It's like, okay, so God, what do you have to say to them about it? That's prophecy. That's it. And I believe, in a sense, like that's, that's the core of parenting, grandparenting, spiritual parenting, at its essence, is be present enough in their lives to where you know the pulse of where they're at spiritually, and you're one micro step away from prophecy right there. It's just take the pulse and say, okay, God, so what's your heart for him? Now you're prophesying. Encouragement, comfort, building up. I did it, and it's just, it's every day. It's like, I want every conversation with my sons to be prophecy. Am I comforting them? It's prophecy. Am I encouraging them? It's, it's prophecy. Am I lifting them up, building them up? It's prophecy. It's like, wow, I want, I, like, I don't want to be encouraging them with my advice on my own strength or trying to lift them up with my wisdom or comfort them with just, just, just me. But that's what kids need all day, every day. I want to take it to that next level, and it's, I get to be a conduit of the Spirit as dad. It's like, make that your desire to just, like, every word coming out of your mouth as a parent is prophecy. It's not that, you know, it's like, that, that, that's not overreaching. That's just saying, I want to take the pulse of my kids and then listen to what God's doing before I speak. And that, oh, it, it changes things. I mean, I have my 17-year-old son. Don't you dare tell the story. I have my 17-year-old son come, with, come to me like three days ago because he's working so hard in basketball and, 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 and something rough happened. And this is Friday night, and he's driving No, he's not driving home. No, before he drove home, he called me. We talked for like 45 minutes. And it's just in listening and then encouragement. And the most beautiful thing at the end of it was he has a curfew. He's home by 11. He sat outside of his friend's house where he was going to go play video games and hang out Friday night. He sat outside. I timed the call. 45 minutes. He's like, all right. At the end of it, he's like, all right, I'm already here, but I just, I just wanted to sit outside. I don't want them to interrupt me. I, I just wanted to hear what you had to say. My son gave up Friday night party with friends for 45 minutes of encouragement. And, 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 and I know why. It's not me because I'm so wise. It's I'm like, God, help me right now. I'm hearing the pulse of my boy. What is your heart? And they want to hear it. So hearing from God and releasing prophecy 
are weapons to bring us into our destiny. When we release those promises, those prophetic words, those are meant to be used and continually used and remember so that we can walk into those destinies. And I'm actually going to read uh, 1 Timothy 1, 18 to 19, because Paul is doing this exact same thing with Timothy. I'm going to do the Passion Translation because I, I really like the way that it translate this, translates this very accurately. And we can see exactly this. So Timothy, my son, I am entrusting you with this responsibility in keeping with the very first prophecies that were spoken over your life and are now in process of fulfillment in this great work of ministry. In keeping with the prophecies over you, it repeated itself. Keeping, in keeping with the prophecies over you. And then it says, with this encouragement, with the encouragement of the prophecies, right, with this encouragement, use your prophecies as weapons as you wage spiritual warfare by faith. Use your prophecies as weapons. I mean, it, there's, there's repetition in this sentence. I would love to delve into the Greek of this because I know it would be even more, even richer. But our prophecies are powerful weapons that God has given us to release his encouragement and strength into us. They're also not meant to be forgotten. They're not meant to be released once and then forgotten. They are meant to continually be used as weapons so that we can arrive and become what those prophecies are saying. Man, that's good. That's a good word. That's not even on your sheet, so that was for free, apparently. <laughs> We're going to close with this. That was Holy Spirit. Yes. That was prophecy. That was God said something new in the moment. I like it. All right, we're going to close our time. Hey, I think we did pretty good. Last time we taught this together, it was like a two and a half hour Saturday workshop. So you're welcome. <laughs> Let's close with this. What if I don't understand what I'm seeing and hearing? This is simple. You can reread it. There, what we see in the New Testament, in a sense, really, there are three parts to the prophetic process. There's the revelation, the interpretation, and the application. Part of this why this is great news is you don't have to feel the pressure that you have to have all three. That's part of that grace within community. Trust that the Holy Spirit, if it is from the Lord, he's going to work it out. So for example, revelation is what God is saying. It's the revelation of, it's the word, it's the picture, it's the, I see a tomahawk. Well, maybe, and it's about our son. That's the revelation. What's the interpretation? Oh, he has a warrior anointing in worship. If she didn't have the second part of that, that's okay. So that's where we want you guys to feel free. You might just get the revelation. You're in, let's say, a life group, and you're praying for someone. You're like, I know this sounds a little strange. I kind of see a tomahawk over you, and I, and I feel like God is saying it's for you. If you don't have the next step, don't make it up. Just say, that's all I've got so far. I'm not sure what the interpretation is. I just see this picture of, let's pray, let's pray on it together. Does that mean anything to you? 
you know what I'm saying? It's okay if you don't have all three steps. The next that interpretation is the a clear sense of, and I believe it means this. It's the significance of. And then application, you want to be real careful, real careful on not going to the application unless that's very clear because that's where it can be like controlling. And so like for our son, we, we, we didn't share, we shared it with him, no application. The application is you need to start playing the guitar today or else you're in disobedience. We are not that stupid. <laughs> we are not going to force that on him. But so that's where you've got to be real careful on the application. So, buddy, what do you think? You, you like worship music? Oh, I love it. I love worship music. Awesome, man. Are you interested? Do you want to try start playing the guitar? No, not at all. I love flag football right now. Okay. <laughs> we'll tuck that one on the shelf and save it for later. You got to be careful on application. That's where they really need to feel that freedom. Um, and, and that's freedom on our side, too, is though. We don't have to make up what we don't have. So if you have a picture, a word, revelation, share it. Or if someone else shares it and you feel like you have an interpretation, again, I, you can share in the community. I feel like I might have an interpretation for that. Great. Share it. Test it together. So that's kind of the stuff. Last part here. How do I get a prophetic word? Listen. Or maybe even a better Practice. phrase here. Practice. Ooh, we're connected. Practice listening. That's it. You put it into practice, you practice more and more, you will get better, we promise. Why? Because God promises. <laughs> it's his heart for us. So this can happen anywhere. We, this happens Sunday morning. There's a reason why we say almost after, every almost after almost every service, we say, hey, connect with each other. Enjoy each other's company. If you have a prophetic word for each other, share it. Pray for each other. Encourage each other. It can happen right here. This can happen, like I talked, as a parent, grandparent, spiritual, this is going to happen all, in sons all day, every day. This could definitely happen in life groups, happen in community. Don's been pressing in with the ladies. You know, the last three, four months, as you've gotten into group time, you've done this almost every single time because it's just normal. It's just a way of life. It's not scary. It's fun. You stay humble. You work together. You learn to be the body of Christ that builds each other up to be more like Jesus. So this can and should and will and is happening everywhere. And so we just felt like the Lord was stirring up to say, let's, let's put some focus on this again because he's wanting to do this, release this more and more as part of his good news, his power and presence in our community to ultimately build all of us up to be more like Jesus. Dance a new dance like David